I think in today's time when watching and following baseball, we're so used to these young studs coming up in their early 20s and setting the league on fire immediately. Recent examples that come to mind to me are Juan Soto coming up at the age of 19 and hitting 292 with 22 homers. Acuna Jr. also came up at 20 and put up a 290 with 20 homers season as well. Love him or hate him, even the talented Manny Machado came up at 19 and made a decent impact with the 2012 Orioles. Obviously, you can't deny how impressive it is for a literal teenager to come up to the MLB and get the job done. The Sotos and Acunas and Machados of the world get enough attention though. But what about the journeymen? What about those guys who grind in the minors for years and years just to get a taste of the major leagues? What about those guys who are getting released and having to work extra hard for new opportunities, some of which never come? How about those guys that don't get the call at 19 or 20, but instead spend a lot of their 20s without even sniffing so much as an MLB at bat? Today, we're going to tell one of these stories. A story of a guy who didn't really get a shot until close to age 30, but when he did, he made sure to take advantage of it. This is a guy who, when he finally got his moment, he let everyone know he belonged and went on to a productive career that saw him put up some pretty good numbers. This is the story of Garrett Jones. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the MLB Hall of Pretty Good Podcast. Whether you're a returning listener or this is your first time, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you giving this show a chance. For anyone unfamiliar, this is a show where we take those pretty good players who put together nice, but not Hall of Fame careers, and shine the spotlight on them. These are guys who maybe weren't perennial all-stars or in the MVP conversation every year, but they are players who had legitimate talent and did get time in the MLB, which is better than 99.9% of us sitting on the couch or on our phones could say. This podcast is here to give these truly underrated players some time to shine and hopefully reignite the conversation on these players who may have faded from the memory of fans over the years. You can look forward to new episodes every Sunday, as well as many episodes throughout the week when I have time to do them. I want to thank everyone for all the support so far. I'm doing this pod when I have the time, and I'm really grateful for all the love and feedback I've gotten so far. What I lack in resources and time, I do make up for it with passion and love for this sport. Baseball is full of pretty good players with great stories. I want to keep helping to tell them. You can find the show on Instagram and TikTok at MLB Hall of Good Podcast as well. Be sure to stop by and say hello. Now, without wasting any more of your time or mine, let's get down to business. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a beautiful city with awesome-looking yellow bridges. In this wonderful city sits PNC Park, home to the Pittsburgh Pirates. When I was about 15, my family actually took a summer trip to Pittsburgh to see the Pirates play, and I just gotta say, wow, what a beautiful ballpark. I've been to about, let's see, probably about 10 stadiums in my life so far, and I absolutely recommend checking out PNC Park. When you think of Pirates players, who's the first one that comes into your mind? Maybe it's the great one, Roberto Clemente, or Pops, possibly known better as Willie Stargell. Maybe you're thinking more recently, though, with somebody like Andrew McCutcheon. When I think of the Pirates, I do think of Andrew McCutcheon, but I also think of a former teammate of his, a guy who went by the nickname G.I. Jones. While not quite on the MVP level of a McCutcheon, let's say, he did manage to become quite the player during his Pirates tenure. Our story doesn't immediately jump to a successful season of raising the Jolly Roger at PNC Park, though. This is a story that starts in Harvey, Illinois, because on June 21, 1981, Garrett Jones was born. 
G.I. Jones went to Victor J. Andrew High School located in Tindley Park, Illinois. The school opened in 1977 and typically has an enrollment of about 2,000 students. Some other notable alumni from Vincent J. Andrew High include Hazem Ali from WWE and Gina Bloxon, who, and try to find a place to sit down, this is huge, went on to place ninth on the sixth season of singing competition American Idol. I'm going to go ahead and say that Garrett Jones is the Michael Jordan of his high school alumni. After Garrett Jones finished high school in 1999, the Atlanta Braves drafted him all the way back in the 14th round of the 1999 MLB draft. Only five players drafted in the 14th round that year even saw the slightest of MLB action. The only other player who got more than 100 games out of those five other than Garrett Jones was reliever Brandon Lyon, who had a nice 12-year career in his own right. In this draft, the top five overall selections were Josh Hamilton at one, a personal favorite of mine at number two with Josh Beckett, Eric Munson at three, Corey Myers to the D-backs with the fourth pick, and B.J. Garb with the fifth pick. Garrett Jones got his start in professional baseball at the age of 18 in the Gulf Coast League, playing for the GCL Braves. Jones didn't necessarily set the Gulf Coast League on fire, hitting 241 with an OPS of 620 and 170 at-bats with the team. He also managed three home runs with 18 RBIs. These numbers aren't amazing, and I do know that, but I do want everyone to remember that G.I. Jones was only 18 at the time, and a few months earlier was probably in an algebra class or something in high school, so a bit of a struggle while he made the jump to pro ball is understandable. Looking at the year 2000, Garrett Jones is assigned to the Danville Braves in Virginia. Fun fact, this is actually the city I was born in just a year later. In 40 games with the squad, it was once again a struggle as Jones hit only 174 without a homer and 16 RBIs. He also had an OPS under 500 at 495. 2001 saw Garrett Jones spend another year in Danville playing rookie ball in this 40-game stretch. He saw much better results and for a while found his stride. He proceeded to have the best season of his professional career up to that point, hitting 289 with three homers and 23 RBIs. He also had an OPS over 700 for the first time in his professional career as well. Now, despite this being the best showing he's had in the minors up to this point, and also being around only 20 years old at the time, on May 21, 2001, the Atlanta Braves actually released him. Luckily for all of us, though, later on down the road, Garrett Jones would show them that they maybe gave up on him a little too soon. Jones wasn't without a job in baseball for long, as a few days later, on May 24, 2001, Garrett Jones signed as a minor league free agent with the Minnesota Twins. He then reported to the Twins affiliate, the Quad Cities River Bandits. He played in 63 games with the Bandits that year and only hit 202. He was able to show off some home run power, hitting 10 bombs that season. The next couple of seasons saw Garrett Jones continue to showcase his power stroke, including in 2004 when he spent time between single and double A. 2004 was phenomenal for Jones. In 141 games, he hit 302 with an OPS of 911. He also crushed 31 homers and 38 doubles and was able to total 98 RBIs. What a nice minor league season from Garrett Jones. He was showing the Braves system that they missed out on some serious power hitting potential. 2005 saw Garrett Jones up in AAA for the first time in his career. While it wasn't quite as productive as his 2004 season in single and double A, it still proved to be a nice season for the at-the-time 24-year-old. He showed off his power once again, hitting 24 homers with 72 RBIs and an OPS of 741. 2006 in AAA had Garrett putting up very similar numbers to his previous minor league seasons. 
It was another 20 home run season with over 90 RBIs, quality production from Garrett Jones. Once 2007 rolls around, Garrett Jones is now 26 years old and thus far has been a lifelong minor leaguer. I'm not sure how he was feeling at the time or what his morale was like, but there's no way it could have been easy to keep working so hard day in and day out for all those seasons. That takes an extreme level of dedication that most people, including myself, probably wouldn't have. G.I. Jones was built different, though, and I'm not sure if he knew it at the time, but all he had to do was hold on for a few more months and his MLB dream would finally be realized. After starting the 2007 baseball season in AAA yet again, on May 15, 2007, Garrett Jones was called up by the Minnesota Twins and was slated to make his Major League debut. The 14th round pick, who was released by the Braves and spent parts of 1999 all the way to 2007 in the minor leagues, had finally made it. So, on that fateful day in baseball history on the 15th of May 2007, Garrett Jones debuted for the Minnesota Twins in a game against the Cleveland Indians. As is tradition on the show here, let's take a look at the lineups for both squads on this day. For the Twins, you had Luis Castillo batting leadoff and playing second base, Jason Bartlett playing shortstop and batting second, Michael Kadire in the three-hole playing right field, MVP Justin Morneau batting cleanup playing first base, Torrey Hunter batting behind him in center field, Jason Kubel batting sixth playing left field, Mike Redmond doing the catching, our guy Garrett Jones DHing and batting eighth, and rounding out the lineup in the nine-hole was third baseman Nick Punto. Ramon Ortiz got the start that day. The Cleveland Indians rolled out a lineup with Grady Sizemore leading off and playing center field. Casey Blake at the hot corner batting second. Big boy Travis Hafner DH and batting third. Slugger Victor Martinez playing first base and batting cleanup. Johnny Peralta playing shortstop and batting fifth. David DeLucci got the start in left field. Jason Michaels batted seventh and played right field. Josh Barfield playing second base and batting eighth. And rounding out the lineup in the nine hole was Kelly Shopping, who got the start behind the dish. Paul Bird was given the start for Cleveland. This was a high-scoring affair that saw the Twins drop the game 15-7 to the Indians. Despite the loss, this was still a successful debut for Garrett Jones. He was able to pick up his first career MLB hit and walk on this date. All those years of waiting and grinding in the minors finally paid off. Garrett Jones got his moment, and he seized it. Things didn't instantly come easy for Garrett Jones after his MLB debut, though. Jones had a couple of stints with the Twins during 2007 and didn't really put up great numbers. In 31 games and 77 at-bats that season, he hit 208 with an OPS of 600. He did get his first career MLB homer, though, hitting it on September 23, 2007 in a 7-1 win against the Chicago White Sox. A few days later, he would hit his second career homer and the only other one of the season on September 27th in a win against the Red Sox. Despite spending some time with the Twins in the previous season, 2008 saw Garrett Jones spend the entirety of the year in AAA. His numbers were quite good, hitting 23 homers with 92 RBIs and a .279 batting average. On November 3, 2008, the Twins sadly let Garrett Jones go. The team that had given him his first shot at the MLB had given up on him. Thankfully, though, this wouldn't be anywhere close to the last we'd see of him, because on December 16, 2008, the Pittsburgh Pirates signed Garrett Jones to a minor league deal. It wasn't clear to see at the time, but this would turn out to be a fantastic move by the Pirates and Jones' career would finally get a chance to take off. Jones started the season in AAA Indianapolis and lit it up there, having a strong minor league year. Fortunately though, 
Jones wouldn't have to see another full year pass by without seeing Major League action because on June 30th, Jones got the call up from Pittsburgh after former Rookie of the Year Eric Hinsky was traded to the New York Yankees. He made a season debut for Pittsburgh on July 1st, going 0-4 for in a loss to the Chicago Cubs. It didn't take him long to pick up his first hits of the season, though, going 3-4 for four with a double, triple, and a home run the very next day in a loss to the Mets. Dude was only a single shy of the cycle, so close. This was Garrett Jones' first home run in the MLB since September 27, 2007, so he was getting close to two full years without one. After that amazing game, Garrett Jones essentially never looked back after that. He had an absolutely phenomenal 2009. In 82 games with the Pirates, which is half of an MLB season, Garrett Jones batted 293 with a fantastic OPS of 938. He also hit 21 homers and had 44 RBIs, so that put him on pace for 42 homers and 88 RBIs. What a great showing of power by the then 28-year-old. Despite only playing in half of his team's games, Jones' excellent season got some recognition as he placed 7th in the Rookie of the Year voting in the National League that year. His numbers were excellent, and if he could have played all season with those numbers, he probably would have been a shoe in to win the award. The award eventually did go to Chris Coghlan of the Marlins, though. The Pirates finished the 2009 season in last place, with a record of 62-99, and 99, and yes, that is the correct number. They only played 161 games this season, not 162. I'm not quite sure why. I tried to do some digging. I couldn't figure it out, but they did not play 162 games. But moving into 2010, I think probably for the first time ever, Garrett Jones actually had a bit of some job security. After raking during his first season playing at PNC Park, he looked to keep up the momentum. He wasn't able to quite keep up that torrid pace he had during that 82-game stretch, but he still put together a decent season and proved he could hit big league pitching. In 158 games and 592 at-bats, he slugged 21 homers and drove in 86 runs with a batting average of .247 and an OPS of .720. His OPS Plus was only a 94, which was 6% below league average, but he would eventually improve upon this during the next few seasons, so don't worry. In the field... Garrett Jones spent his time in first base and right field with a sporadic appearance at times in left field. He never was somebody who graded out all too well in the field. He wasn't going to win gold gloves or anything close to that. He posted a negative war in 2010 of 1.7 and for his career was a negative 8.1 defensive war according to baseball reference. Jones was somebody who could probably benefit from a modern day universal DH role in the National League because when he was on, he could absolutely mash the baseball. The Pirates once again struggled this season, though, finishing out the year at 57 and 105. 2011 would see the Pirates and G.I. Jones improve on their previous season. Jones once again got the chance to see somewhat regular bats, and he pretty much flourished in the role. He got 169, nice, less at bats than he did in 2010, but still showed off his skills with the bat, hitting 243 with 16 homers and 58 RBIs. He upped his OPS by over 30 points to 753 and raised his OPS plus to 110, 10% above league average. Jones wasn't really out there vying for an MVP award or anything or picking up all-star game selections, but he did show that he could be trusted to contribute to a big league lineup at an above average rate. Definitely awesome for a guy who waited so long to get a real chance. The Pirates still finished towards the basement of the NL Central though with a 72-90 and 90 record. Not a great record, but they did improve by 15 wins on their previous season. Going into 2012, Garrett Jones was 31 years old 
and fresh off a run of three straight productive years in the MLB. He was a former 14th rounder who spent years grinding in the minors. He showed he could have success in the MLB and showed that he belonged there. Most people would be happy with that and probably feel like a sense of content, feel very content that they did what they did. Most people probably wouldn't be interested in doing much more or trying to improve, but not G.I. Jones, though. This man took his 475 at-bats that he received that season and put up the best year of his career in a season a lot of players would only dream of having. He hit 274 with a career-high 27 homers and an RBI total of 86, which also tied his career high. For the first time since his first 82-game stretch with Pittsburgh, his OPS was above 800 as well. He also posted a very impressive OPS plus of 126. Garrett truly looked really nice at the plate and put up a very good season. Baseball Reference has him listed as the third best player on the Pirates that season behind McCutcheon and slugger Pedro Alvarez. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Pirates, it was another season of missing the playoffs, but also it was another season of improvement as the ball club finished in fourth place with a 79-83 and record. Just barely missing out on being a 500 ball club. Garrett Jones' 2013 wasn't able to reach the heights of his amazing 2012. He saw the same amount of playing time he had been accustomed to, playing in 146 games and getting 496 at-bats, but his offensive production did see a bit of a downturn. He batted 233 with 15 homers and 51 RBIs. His OPS was only at 708, while his OPS Plus dropped below 100 for the first time since 2010. The Pirates had a phenomenal season, though. They actually went 94-68, and and it was that wildcard game where they really rattled Johnny Cueto and made it to the NLDS. Unfortunately, they did lose the NLDS to the Cardinals in five games, but nonetheless, it was amazing to see the team finally make it over that 500 hump and see some October baseball. Garrett Jones was also able to get his first and only playoff experience, but did receive limited playing time, unfortunately. He got a single at-bat in games four and five of the NLDS and went hitless with a strikeout in one of those at-bats. I'm sure it was still really cool to be able to play in the playoffs, though. I'm sure that's something everybody dreams of, and I bet he was really excited to do that. So I am glad for him and his career that he was able to see the playoffs at least once. Sadly, 2013 was Garrett Jones's last in the Berg, as on November 25th, 2013, he was designated for assignment in the move to free up a roster spot for outfielder Jeff Decker. After a successful five seasons with the Pirates that saw him hit 100 homers and drive in 325 runs, it was time to test the free agent market. Garrett was able to find a new home quickly, signing a two-year $7.5 million deal with the Miami Marlins in December. He would now be playing in the NL East. In 2014 with the Marlins, Garrett Jones enjoyed a pretty decent season, getting 496 at-bats and slugging 15 homers with 53 riblets. He also hit 246 with an OPS of 720. He was roughly a league average hitter for most of the year. The Marlins went 77-85, and 85, missing the playoffs. Despite signing a two-year deal with Miami, this would actually be the only season he'd play with the Marlins because on December 14, 2009, the Marlins traded Garrett Jones along with Nathan Avaldi and Domingo Herman to the New York Yankees for longtime Atlanta Brave Martin Prado and David Phelps. Jones, for now, was a Bronx bomber. Unfortunately, his time in the pinstripes wouldn't go all too well. He appeared in 57 games with the Yankees and managed a 215 batting average with 5 homers and 15 RBIs. On July 31, 2015, the Yankees decided to let Jones go and designated him for assignment. But things get a little crazy here though, try and stay with me. 
So Garrett Jones was DFA'd to make room for the newly acquired Dustin Ackley, right? So that's why Jones was outrighted off the roster, DFA'd. Dustin Ackley actually hurts his back only a few days into his Yankee tenure. So Garrett Jones is then re-signed by the Yankees on August 5th, but then only a week later, on August 12th, he's released again, DFA'd again by the Yankees, having never played a game with the team after being re-signed. That's a pretty crazy couple of weeks for Garrett Jones in New York there, if I have to say so myself. After that bit of a chaotic August, Garrett Jones would sadly never play again in the MLB. However, this does not mean he'd never play professional baseball again, though, because after the 2015 season wrapped up, Garrett Jones signed a new deal with the team. This team being the Yomiri Giants in a deal worth $2.8 million. He was quite productive there in 2016 and even returned for another year in 2017. He wound up hitting 265 with an OPS of 842 with 47 homers during his time with the Yomiri Giants. 2017, though, would mark the end of Garrett Jones's professional baseball career. He finished his MLB career with 122 homers and 400 RBIs while hitting 251. He had a career OPS of 757 and an OPS plus of 107, along with a career baseball reference war of 3.6. Not too shabby whatsoever for a former 14th round pick who didn't receive consistent MLB time until his age 28 season. His total earnings in the MLB looked to be close to $16 million, and that's without factoring in his $2.8 million contract while playing overseas. Jones may no longer be playing baseball, but he hasn't completely walked away from the sport. He's at times appeared during pre- and post-game shows for the Pirates, as well as appearing as an analyst for the Pirates as well. Jones got married to his wife in January 2013, and he looks to be a nice family man who enjoys time with his wife and children, according to social media. Garrett Jones' story is an inspiring one to me. It shows that you can be drafted somewhere other than the first round, work in the minors for years, get released, and still find success. He didn't make an all-star team or receive any MVP votes, but he did work insanely hard and reach a level of success that a lot of people would kill to have. He's without a doubt a worthy induction to our Hall of Pretty Good, and it was a lot of fun to look back on his career and read up on him. I remember him very well from my childhood and always liked watching him and Andrew McCutcheon play whenever those Pirates teams were on the TV. I think we can all wish we had the ability to work like Jones did and accomplish what we really want in our lives, no matter how long it may take. Once he got his shot at Pittsburgh, he showed he could do it and managed to stick around longer than way more people have. Garrett Jones, and the almost 0% chance you ever listen to this or hear that an episode was done on you, I hope you know that you will always have a fan in me and always be a friend of the show. I really enjoyed watching you play, and you were a key memory of my childhood that I still think about today. You more than deserve the spotlight of this episode, and you deserve to have your career be remembered. Welcome to the Hall of Pretty Good. Well, everyone, if you're still here and you're still listening, thank you a lot. It means a ton that you tuned in and talked baseball with me for a little bit. Keep looking out for new full-length episodes every Sunday, as well as midweek mini-episodes throughout the week when I have the time. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to check out some of the previous episodes of the show as well. You can also find the show on TikTok and Instagram at MLB Hall of Good Podcast. I hope everyone is having a great weekend, and once more, thank you so much for listening. This has been the MLB Hall of Pretty Good Podcast. See ya.